Hello everyone and welcome to this new video in which I will present an experience of a phenomenal applicant who scored 277 on his step 1 and 281 on step 2. Welcome Eddie to the channel. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor. Can you start by telling the viewers a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what are you doing now? Yes, of course. So uh, I completed my medical studies uh, in Lebanon uh, at the University of St. Joseph in Beirut. We are in a system that's more similar to the French system. It's a bit different than the American system. I um, presented my step one exam uh, during January. So it was January 20th of January. And my step two exam uh, in August 26th or 25th of August, I don't remember. So um, right now I have finished my medical studies in Lebanon and um, I came to the US to um, for a job, uh, for a research position here uh, at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. So um, that's it basically. Perfect, perfect. Let's start by then talking about your step one experience. Yes. Can we start by uh, you telling us a little bit about when did you start preparing for step one and when did you decide to come to the US first and when did you start the preparation for step one? Okay, so I've always wanted to continue my education later on in the U.S. And um, I started studying for my Step 1 exam during June 2021. Uh, but there's something that I want to emphasize, and it's that the uh, preparation for these exams is never a last-minute preparation. So it's everything I've learned during medical school, all the foundation that I have, it was particularly useful. And I think that it was the main element that helped me to score well uh, in these exams. Uh, so I started my, pre my preparations um, for the step one, as I said, uh, during June 2021, but it was sort of a continuous preparation. Which year in med school was that? Uh, so it's the sixth year in the French system, which equals to med three in the American system. You started preparing in your final year of med school? Yes, basically, yes. Okay, was that at the beginning of the final year or at the end of the yes, year? Yes, it was like the end of med three, start of med four. Okay. That's why when I started, because uh, in uh, the French system, there are also other exams. So I had to complete my exams for the university first, and then I could focus on the steps. Okay, so you started at the beginning of your final year to prepare for the step one. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to prepare for the whole exam? And what was your schedule like? Because some students might have more free time, some students might have more heavier rotations. How was your schedule? Yeah, so uh, basically uh, for my step one exam, uh, there, there was a problem because uh, I wanted to uh, pass this exam before the system changed, so before it became pass or fail. And as you all know, so the system switched on January 26th. I presented my exam on the 20th of January, so six days before. Uh, so I was, I had like a time constraint. I couldn't go further. I couldn't study more. So uh, I had like seven months, a bit more, I guess, like seven months and a half of preparation for step one. Uh, it was during my rotations, so there was no like proper dedicated period. Uh, and it depended on the rotations. So on some rotations, for instance, like in the AR, I could not study at all. But during some other rotations, I could find some time to study. And uh, at first, it was difficult like to try to find a balance um, between your rotations, your study, your 
I mean, your everyday life, your social activities, which is very important too. So, um, and then during the end, you're basically just focused on your steps. There's there's not no other thing in the entire universe. And so that's it. So it was a seven, seven and a half months of study. Awesome. Now let's go uh, into the question that probably everyone wants to know is what resources did you use to prepare for the, for the step one? Okay. Uh, so first of all, there's just something I want to point out is that everyone works differently and what worked for me doesn't necessarily work for you or for any uh, anyone else. So for my step one exam, uh, the first aid was my Bible. So just like everyone else, it was my reference. Um, I started by studying each chapter in the first aid. Um, I started by the basic science stuff because I wasn't particularly familiar with them. And um, whenever I did a section, I would complete the uh, appropriate questions in the U-word uh, question bank. So that was my main reference, the first aid. So some sections were a bit easier. I was more familiar with them. I would skim uh, over them pretty quickly. But there were some sections which were completely new. So for these sections, they were new. Um, I tried to understand the material in whichever way was possible. So I would use like AMBUS, my university courses, uh, just regular Google stuff, uh, up to date, anything that could help me um, understand more the material. And what I found useful is for these topics, at least that were completely new to me, I found it really useful to look at multiple references because it sort of gives you like multiple views of the same subject. So you're like seeing it in uh, in multiple dimensions and you can understand more you can know like okay i know that subject but i also know how ca it can be applied in questions and real life and this is what's really stuck in your, inside your memory not retaining basic facts awesome so you started the first book you started preparing from was first aid yes first and aid was my first and my main book and after, let's say you study microbiology from first aid, did you go and solve the microbiology questions from your world or? Yes, yes, I did that. Now for microbiology in particular, I also used Sketchy. Uh, it was amazing for the, especially for the bacteria and the fungals and it was really nice and it made things stuck inside my memory. So I remember, yeah, it's that sketch, that cartoon. Uh, I've always joked about it, like, no, that's <laughs> that's not true. It's really silly, but actually works. It worked for me. Uh, so yeah, I would do a section um, from the book and then I would do the uh, questions from the uh, from the U-word. Now, what I did is that, for instance, let's say microbiology, uh, after studying the microbiology section, I would do like half the questions of the U-word. Uh, so that later on, I would still have some microbiology questions, some new microbiology questions that I have not seen before. And I could then practice again, sort of like time-space repetition in order to make things stuck uh, in, in my memory. Okay. And did you divide the day like half questions, half uh, book, or you finished the book and then the whole day went to, to questions after you're done with that? Yeah, mainly, mainly dependent on the section and how easy it was for me to get over the material. But what I tried to do is like to go over the book during the first part of the day and then do some questions because there's uh, your mind doesn't allow you to do an infinite number of tasks during the day. So you're kind of limited. And studying from first aid can be really boring. You're just reading information and it's just very very difficult 
to um, to just go over the book. So what I would do is that I would start studying from the first aid, and whenever I got really bored or I got like I just I just can't take it anymore, I would skip to the questions, and it was more an, an interactive way of learning, which I enjoyed. Awesome. And uh, for for first aid, I always recommend using it as a second resource because it's a review book, and you know that the they have only the higher concepts. It's not like a, a book that you get the explanation. And many IMG studied these materials years ago, or uh, they studied these materials not well in, in school. So you said that you prepared well in school and that kind of helped you. So can you give us a little bit idea of like, when you start using first aid, was everything from your prior knowledge or it was a combination of, of both? Yes, I'm, I'm com I completely agree with you. What helped me the most is that I had a solid foundation during med school. So for instance, let's, let's say whenever I was studying the cardiology section, I was very familiar with this section. So it's like, it was these things, I know them, I study them in the university, they're still stuck in here. And so I would go rapidly over these. So the, the first A was here just to refresh my memories. These are the important concepts, you know them, you're fine. But for more uh, detailed stuff or newer stuff that I hadn't, came across during my studies. So for these, I would take my time to study them. And as you said, first aid is not a great tool for understanding new concepts. So for these newer concepts, I used AMBOSS. AMBOSS library was an amazing tool. Uh, it's not a paid advertisement, but still it's an, <laughs> it's an amazing tool. Um, I used the AMBOSS library for step one and for step two. Uh, it's amazing. It has everything in bullet point. And it's not oversimplified and it doesn't give you like a huge amount of information. It's like in the middle, it's just what you need for the exam. And it's linked. So all the chapters are linked together. You can go from one chapter to the other. There are these small explanations. So I found it really useful. And for, for newer materials, so uh, I would go like to UpToDate, Google, anything. I, I don't believe that there's a perfect resource out there. I think that whatever information you can get and the way that you study it and the way that you make the information uh, stay in your memory is what's more important. And you mentioned AMBOS. Did you uh, study the whole AMBOS or only the section that you can understand from first aid? No, just the, the newer section, newer concepts that I couldn't understand from first aid. What about you? Or do you study it like from beginning to end or all, all, also like a few sections? Yeah, you were, yeah, of course, I did the whole you were. So even uh, topics that I, I was more familiar with, but uh, my attitude differed. So for instance, let's say cardiology, it's a very easy section for me. I would go rapidly over the explanation. Mm. But for more difficult topics, newer topics, I would review the explanation more in detail, um, look up everything, try to understand uh, what's being said. And how many rounds of first aid did you, did you do? Okay, so yeah, technically, uh, so first, it just just a little parenthesis here, and it's that uh, I had viewed some chapters of the first A during my medical studies. So, for instance, let's say um, glomerulonephritis, I had studied these also during my medical studies. So, I had some of the information from the first A uh, in in my head, uh, but mainly it was all new. So, I I just completed one pass of first aid um, but again it depends on the topic so for instance pathology i reviewed that like three times i guess or four times for first aid because it's a 
it's a very high yield subject and it's heavily tested. And at the same time, it's not something that we come across routinely in our medical studies. So yeah, it mainly depends on the subject. And whenever I felt confident or I, that I became familiar with the subject, then I would go over it rapidly, like in one pass, and that's it. But the whole book, beginning to end, there was no specific number of rounds that you did. No, no, no. no. I, I, can, I viewed everything once at least. There are some subjects that I reviewed many times because they were new to me and subjects that I only viewed on, only once. Okay, what about UWorld? Uh, UWorld, yeah. you solved the questions, you might have solved everything. Did you go through another round of the questions or through notes you took from UWorld, flashcards? How did you review it or how many rounds did you do of that? So initially my plan was to uh, go over UWorld once and then go over the incorrect questions and the, uh, the flagged one, the marked one. Uh, so that was my plan, but I was really uh, late in my schedule. I completed my first pass of UWord on New Year's Eve, so like 20 days before my exam. So I had 20 days left, and these 20 days I, need, I needed to make a choice. So either I would review the incorrect questions, or I would review the high yield material that I would most probably um, encounter during the exam. So I chose the second option. I did not review my incorrect questions except for ethics. So the ethics questions, I reviewed them. But besides that, I didn't have time to review or to go over a second pass of uh, UWIT. Awesome. And for uh, other materials, you mentioned Sketchy. You mentioned Ambos for specific materials. Did you do other materials like Pathoma or BRS or anything else? Yes. So uh, I did Pathoma for the pathology, only for the pathology section, the basic science one. Uh, I did it earlier. I, I think I started with Pathoma. It was the first thing I, that I studied for the step one. And it's very high yield. It's, uh, I love the videos, how they were explained, and how they made sense in some sort of way because they, they don't just give you the information. They make you understand it. So you have this because you have that, and th hence you will have that. So it was, uh, it's my way of learning. So it, it kind of fit my way of learning. So I love the videos but I only use them for the basic science thing, uh, nothing else. Not like pathology of cardiology, pathology of... Yeah, no, no, except very specific stuff. For instance, like there's the, uh, the modifications during myocardial infarction, how it changes histologically according to the timeline. I remember I viewed that video, it was nice, but I, I frankly didn't have the time to review all the videos. Awesome. Any other, you mentioned that you studied first aid, you all, and you only had a few days, and so you reviewed a few things. Uh, what else did you do, or what tips do you have uh, for step one applicants before we jump in to talk about step two? Okay, so for uh, uh, for Sketchy, uh, for Sketchy, it was very useful, as I said. For Anki, because I get asked about that quite often, uh, I, I hated Anki, so I tried to do the flashcards, but it was like so boring and it's just like retaining pure information garbage. So you're, you don't understand what's being said. You're just given like this and that, that's it. So I, I didn't find it useful. And once again, what worked for me doesn't necessarily work for you or for others. So uh, Anki was a life savior for others, but for me, it was not useful. Um, once again, there's two things that I want to stress out. First of all, that everyone needs to find his or her own way of learning. 
So that's very, very important. And I think that everyone should start by dedicating time to finding how they learn best. That's very, very important. Second is that uh, you have so many resources available out there. It's very easy to waste time like juggling through resources. And at the end, there's nothing that stays in your head. So what I found, and there, there will always be information that you will not know, always be new information out there. So it's better to focus on one resource and then to complement the, the, um, your weak areas by going deeper. And going deeper means practically anything. You can study from anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as you find the information and you understand it. So understanding the information is the key to make it stay inside your head. And another concept is, sorry about it, another concept is time-spaced repetition. So some use flashcards to do it. I prefer to do it uh, using QBanks. So during my last month or even more, uh, I started doing mixed blocks in step one because I had already gone through first aid and I wanted to refresh my memory. So instead of reviewing the first aid or rereading the pages, I decided to like, no, I would like to revise, to review the material by going through questions, which is a more interactive way of learning, which will make you understand the concepts much, much more. I totally agree, especially with the idea of spaced repetition. And we made the whole course about how to study for exams. And this is one of the main ideas we talked about and you also talk about the idea of mi mixing information with images and that's exactly what Sketchy is about, to make you laugh about something and link it to emotions, to things you know uh, that will make it retain more as a long-term memory. Uh, and I totally agree with you about how each applicant should uh, have their own plan rather than just one cookie, cookie cutter for everyone. And that's what we do with our tutoring sessions. When we have an applicant who signs up for the tutoring, we have an advisor. It's one-on-one -on -one detailed plan for that specific person, which doesn't apply to someone else. Because the, the baseline that you start with, the speed that you learn is totally different between applicants. And your experience, I want to warn applicants from trying it because your applicant is very unique. Of, because you have already a good baseline knowledge, you started with first aid directly, uh, you uh, supplemented the areas that you had weakness uh, in from other resources, which is very smart. This is the way I did it when I started. I didn't waste so much time in other resources, but about applicants who don't have good baseline knowledge, especially in the step one topics, you have to be careful from using first aid as the first resource and uh, or studying uh, like big, big books. Uh, just to understand a few concepts that you have weaknesses in. So try to use this uh, advice that uh, Eddie gave you. Try to look at other experiences and see what works best for you. Yes, I totally agree with you. And for applicants who want to know more about the resources available, listen to more experiences, I'll leave a, a list of free resources we have on our YouTube channel, on our blog that you can check out for free. Now let's go on to talk about the step to CK. 281, that is like a very, very high score that I've, I've rarely heard any score goes above the 280. So let's start by talking about the step two CK. When did you start preparing for that? And we'll jump next to what resources did you use? Okay, so my preparation for step two CK was completely different for step one. Um, so I started studying, so like I did my step one in January. I had the results by the start of February. Uh, during the month of February, I took a, a vacation, a long vacation. It was just a resting month. 
And then I started studying back again during the month of March and April. So during March and April, I started by focusing once again on my weaker areas. So for example, I knew that there's, <laughs> there's practically nothing that I knew in obstetrics, for instance. So I started with that subject, uh, that I was weaker in the area of surgery, pediatrics. So I started by these, not by the ones that I was comfortable with. Uh, so I started during March and April, but it was a very slow start. I was already exhausted from step one, and I had my rotations in the hospital still. Uh, during the month of May, we have our big final exam for our medical school, so I couldn't study in May. And then I started studying again, fully focused on step two during the month of June. So I started early June, July, and August and I presented it by the end of August. So it was like a three month of dedicated period, kind of, because I complete my medical studies in the end of June, so July and August were off. So all I did during July and August was step two. I, I was completely focused on step two. Uh, and it paid off, so I'm really glad I did it. Awesome, now let's talk about the resources. What did you use to study for step two? Okay, so for step two, it was completely different because there's no reference in step two. There is no, these concepts are the concepts that you need to know. It's just super vague. They can ask you about anything, but there are more concepts that are, that are more high yield than others. So I started directly doing U-word questions. Okay, at first it felt very weird because like I'm doing questions about topics that I wasn't even familiar with. And that felt like crazy. Uh, so, for instance, for obstetrics, which was a new topic for me, uh, I started by doing the emboss questions, okay? Because it's, uh, it's a bit harsh when you do the U word and there's the percentage that comes that, yeah, I did, I've done really bad on that blog. So just to, to ease the anxiety, I started with emboss. Uh, so I did uh, the obstetrics questions of emboss and I viewed the library. Once again, the library is amazing. It has helped me a lot and it's very well adapted for the step two exam. So that's for obstetrics. For surgery, I also did some AMBOSS questions. For the other subjects, it was basically just UWord. So I started doing UWord questions. At first, it was hard. So you, these are completely new topics and you are learning from the questions. I know it's a bit cliche, but UWord in step two is a learning tool. And uh, it may be hard to accept it that, yeah, we're not doing great in the questions, but still, it's a learning tool. And it's a very good learning tool. Uh, so I would use it, for instance, uh, to do the questions. If, once again, if the topic was familiar, okay, I would review the explanation quickly. If the topic was a new one, then I needed to do some more research. So I needed to go to Ambos, to UpToDate, to Google, anything. Uh, that would make me just understand the algorithm. What's very important in step two is that it's, it's not important to memorize the algorithms. The algorithm by itself will not be useful during the exam. You will remember it once and then you will forget it as soon as you, you're done with the questions. What's important is understanding the way of thinking. For instance, like there's this patient that's presenting uh, I don't know, it's a trauma patient. So first I need to see if the patient is stable or not stable. Okay, so that's our, my first step in management. And then I would look at different cases because each case is different from the others. The algorithm that you see in your world will not fit every case. 
you need to understand why it's done as such. Why did they do a CT scan instead of going uh, for surgery? Why did they do that instead of that? And once you understand it, it becomes easier to adapt this knowledge to other questions, to other cases. And then for internal, med internal medicine questions, I, I had a solid foundation in internal medicine, so I didn't find them particularly difficult. So I would just go through UWIRT. Um, for pediatrics, also just UWIRT, psychiatry, also UWIRT. I started, I, I decided like to, I just gonna give the first aid a chance. So I'm just gonna view it. I viewed it for psychiatry and it, it sucked. It was, it was terrible. It was not useful at all. So I stopped. I tried to view Master of the Boards and uh, also I did not find it useful. There was no book that I found useful for step two. Uh, and so, yeah, basically that's it. So you studied uh, AMBOS for OBGYN and for surgery? And, and for ethics. Ethics, uh, the, the ethics section in AMBOS is amazing for step two. So ethics, surgery, and OBGYN, the rest was yeah. fully UOLD. Fully UOLD, yeah. And how many rounds of UOLD did you do here? Okay, so once again, the plan was to, <laughs> to go over one pass of UOLD, then the incorrect and the marked questions but the, it didn't go according to plan. So I, I also completed one pass of UWIRT. Uh, I had it done like two weeks before my exam. And then, um, then I didn't have time, much time to review anything else. Uh, what I also did for the step two exam is that, uh, and what I find really useful for step two is to practice as many questions as possible. And uh, I found the NDME questions uh, the self-exams, they were very useful. Uh, they, were, they were also the CMS forms. I tried to do like a, a couple of, of them. They were useful, but I didn't have time to review all of them. And uh, I found them useful because they give you a way of, um, of understanding different type of language. For instance, the language that UWORD uses is completely different than the one that NBME uses. And I found that really useful during the exam because I encountered both types of questions, questions that I found more similar to UWORD and other that I found more similar to NDME. Uh, so, and what's very important also is to practice in a setting that is similar to the one of the exam. So if you're doing questions, just, I don't know, in your bed, just skimming over the questions, it's not as useful as doing a timed block or doing a timed self-assessment. So as many self-assessments as possible is the most solid approach that you can use for step two. And uh, there's also another thing that I need to emphasize uh, that the preparation for step two is not really about the knowledge. There's a huge amount of knowledge. You will never, never cover the entire, uh, the entire information that's required. But there's a, there's a very important psychological component to it. You need to feel less stressed during the exam. You need to feel comfortable during the exam. It's easier said than done. I know that. But at the same time, the more self-assessments self you make, the more you are familiar with the questions and the more the exam will feel doable. So that's that, that was very important for me. Wow, nice. So I can, if I understood correctly, you only did one round of UWorld and maybe reviewed a few questions, but you didn't yeah. review notes or flashcards or review the questions again. So, uh, what I did, what I did for uh, for step two is that since I had no reference, I took notes. So I had like uh, 
Word document where I stored all uh, the notes. Once again, the, the plan was to go over that document before the exam. There was not, there was not enough time. Uh, so I just went quickly over the high yield stuff, for instance, I don't know, vaccination, uh, stuff like screening guidelines, um, ethics stuff, some high yield algorithms. So I went over these quickly, but I found that uh, taking notes during my UWORD sessions was useful because at first you, you have a, a reference. For instance, if I came across a question that was similar to one that I came across earlier, and I needed to see that what I needed to, yeah, there's something I need to remember, I would go over my notes. I tried to make my notes as brief as, and concise, as concise as possible. Um, and then the second thing about these notes is that they help you ease the anxiety. Because while studying for step two, it feels like you're just studying material out of thin air. There's, I don't know, there's information out there, you're just taking some of them. But when you have notes in front of you, when you have, yeah, that, these are the notes that I have written, it eases the anxiety since you have some solid support that you can always refer to. So that was useful. Uh, and uh, basically, that's my preparation for step two. No, this is exactly what I preach actually for step two. I see students have so much anxiety. They start bringing all these books that you mentioned and Ambos and step two and step three and all these question banks. And I tell them that UWorld is enough to score high. If you understand the concept, if you study it well, UWorld is enough to score high. And you're a huge example of that. With one round of UWorld and few mm -hmm. concepts from Ambos, you scored an extremely high score. So amazing job. Uh, want to ask you about the assessment tools yeah how many mbmes did you do and was your score on the mbmes close to the score that you got which is 281 yeah so uh of course i did the two self-assessments of your word uh i did the self-assessment of amboss uh that was available in may i guess and i went over the mbmes 10 11 and 12. okay so uh the 10 and 11, I, I did them offline, so there is no uh, accurate score. On the NBME 12, I scored a 282, which is like, yeah, very similar to my real thing. Now, the NBME by themselves, they are similar to some of the questions in, in the real exam. Uh, but once again, in the real exam, there are questions that are similar to UWORD, others that are similar to NBME or CMS forms, and there are others which feel like, I don't know, from another planet. So what's important is to be familiar with as many as many types of questions as possible, because sometimes you just know the concept, you know the information, but it's presented in a different way. And you need to be more familiar with these different ways, these different presentations, and these different ways of describing the same thing using different words. So that was very, very important for me. And it's very important also for, um, being able to manage your time during the exam, uh, which is something that some of my friends at least have found particularly difficult. Yeah, I feel the step two is like a battle. You're in a battle and you're like in a rush to finish as many questions as yeah. possible. In step one, I had so much time extra. In step two, it was bare yeah. time. So having that skill, and I always mention in my videos, to solve your world on each question bank as if you're in the exam, so you can get that skill. You can't run a marathon tomorrow. You have to practice. Yeah. This is exactly what, if you solve it as a as an exam, yeah. will give you. 
uh, some people might be wondering how many questions of you all when you are in your dedicated time how many questions did you solve and study i mean like okay. read the question the explanation study it well and move on how many were you able to finish a day okay so it was um this grew like exponentially during my study time so at first i was doing like 10 20 questions a day and i was like there's no way that i would be done by the end uh, of my preparation time and then when stress starts to kick in when anxiety starts to kick in your productivity also kicks in so i i started doing one block a day and then i would do like two block or even very rarely three blocks a day and also depends on the material once again so i was more familiar with the internal medicine types of questions so these felt very easy i would i could easily do a block review the explanation book. But whenever I was doing more difficult, more newer topics, I needed to take it slower. Uh, and it can be frustrating because you wake up in the morning and you set yourself a goal. Like, yeah, I, I, need, I need to do like two blocks today. Sometimes the questions are harder than expected. Sometimes the concepts are newer than expected. And you need to be like more empathetic with yourself. And I always try to plan some time to like... Um, like make up for the time that I lost. So for instance, I, I also did that during my step one. So whenever I set a schedule for the uh, upcoming days, I would, uh, for instance, like take Sunday afternoon or Sunday, the whole Sunday, for just like take time and go over the thing that you didn't have time to complete during the week. And I found that this was very good at easing my anxiety. Another thing that I found particularly important is to take some time off and to schedule that time off. Because whenever you're studying for the exams, you feel guilty about taking time off. You feel guilty about taking a rest, but it's needed. And whenever you're taking a rest that isn't planned, you will feel more guilty. You will not enjoy your resting time and you will not be able to focus on the questions because you have not enjoyed your resting time. So I planned my resting time, for instance, like every day from this time to this time, I will not do questions. I will do something else. I will watch some series. I will, uh, I don't know, go to the gym, see some friends, anything. And this was a planned time. It's, it was a sacred time. So that, that was very important to maintain my, my mental health during the preparations for step one and for step two. Yeah, that's definitely important. And I want to comment on the blocks of step one. I asked you this question because I've seen some applicants who tell me I'm finishing three, four blocks a day. And I was like, wow, how, how are you that's doing? That's crazy. So, now, I mean, I couldn't. I don't know if you could. I couldn't. For the viewers, this guy scored 281 and he was finishing between one to two. Mine was also between one to two, depending on the topic, because when you study, you have to study it well. The purpose is not just to read it and fall under the illusion of learning. You feel that you're knowing the concept, but you're actually not studying anything. You want to finish and make sure that you actually know what you're studying. That's one. Number two, I totally agree with you about the mental health idea. It's very important to keep healthy. Run. I used to run for like 15, 20 minutes, even if it's a short time period, but yeah. make sure you don't go and not come back. I've seen people who go out <laughs> for an hour and then they spend five hours with friends. So yeah. try to take breaks, but don't make them too long. Uh, before we jump to the uh, end of this video, Eddie, how many hours did you used to study a day when you were on your dedicated study time? Okay, so like on my dedicated time, uh, once again, there's a fixed amount of learning that you can do every day. It will never change. 
So for instance, my, I know that for instance, my capacity is to do like two blocks a day. If I was given eight hours or 16 hours, I will still do two blocks, okay? But I will take more time. I will be, I will, I know, I will be more distracted. So uh, what I try to do is like, try to wake up not too early because I'm not particularly a morning person. Uh, so starting like at 10 a.m. and then um, till the early afternoon, maybe three. And then I knew that the afternoon time was the time that I would be the less productive. So I would take that time off. Um, I would take like two hours off and then I would uh, be able to be more productive in the evening. And I could go on a bit later, like for, I don't know, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., it depends. Um, so that's it. Now, of course, during dedicated, the more that, the more you get closer to the exam uh, and the more time you dedicate purely to, to step two. Uh, so as a, I don't know, as an average, I guess it would be like mm, maybe 12 hours a day. So this wasn't my dedicated in step two where I did not have any clinical rotations. Once again, I did, I, I did nothing in my life besides step two. So that's not easy. I could not do that during my step one preparations. I could definitely not do that if I had clinical rotation on the side. You, you grow mental muscles with time. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I did a video on like how to study 12 hours a day and I'll leave it in the description below and a full course on how you can study, how to optimize your timing so people can check it out. Uh, did you take it day off or did you take yes. like a few hours more in a day? Yeah, so I took some hours off during the day always, but uh, I tried to do like one self-assessment per week. And the day of the self-assessment was a day off, which means that I started the self-assessment uh, self early in the morning. I would be done like by afternoon, depending on the assessment. And then I would take the whole day off. So nothing, nothing during that day, not reviewing the self-assessment, not reviewing any question, just going out, seeing some friends, seeing family. And this was really important for me. I would just, I would look up to these days, to the days where I would have a self-assessment because it also meant that I would have some time off. Awesome. I forget actually to ask you about the self-assessment for step one. Did you use any, how many did you use? When did you, when do you recommend using them throughout the preparation period? Yeah, so for step one, I did the two self-assessments of UWORD. Um, I did mine like in the end of November, I guess. It was close to the period when I first completed my first first eight pass and it was very important for me because according to this self-assessment i would decide if i would keep the exam as a scored one or as a password failure uh, so it was like two months before my exam i guess or maybe earlier i really don't remember it's a bit vague uh, i i think i that i think i've written all of that in two reddit posts that uh, that i that i've already made so I guess the dates and uh, the grade in each self-assessment is mentioned. Uh, I also did the second self-assessment of your word, and I also did some NBME. I, I did them offline for the step one. Uh, they, they were also useful uh, because once again, it's another way of looking at things and you will be tested using this, this approach in the exam. Awesome. Any final advice for applicants uh, going for step one or step two CK? 
Okay, so any final advice? Uh, first, I want to emphasize that good scores are great. Obviously, I'm really grateful for my scores, but I know that they do not mean everything. So do not be frustrated if your score is not as much as you would have wanted. Uh, just focus on giving the best that you can give. And I've always focused on that. I, I did not go to the exam wanting to score these, uh, these grades. I, I only set my mind to do the best I could. And it was rewarding because I knew that given my preparation, I could not have done anything otherwise. And at the same time, uh, it gives you some sort of way to ease the anxiety. So my advice for everyone going through step one and step two is to give the best that you could give. And uh, at the same time, remember that these grades do not define you. So you have other things, you have your research, your clinical experience, all of that, that also comes handy when you have to be selected for residency. Uh, another important thing, just like I pointed earlier, the types of resources that I used worked for me. They could work for you, but not for anyone else. So just find your way of studying the resources that fit you best. And another important thing is also to be uh, as aware of the material as possible. So understand the material. Don't just retain information. It's, it's useless. Practice, practice, practice. As many self-assessments as you can, as many questions as you can. And just have faith in your potential and in everything you're doing. And I think that that would be amazing. And I, I'm just available if anything, if anyone has any question, if I can help anyone, you can just reach out to me. And I'd be more than glad to help if I can. Awesome. I keep telling you this is the final question, but, but questions power in my head. This is the final question. Uh, since you did your exam six days before step one became pass fail, now the exam is pass fail. So do you have any advice for people taking the exam as pass-fail regarding step one? Okay. First of all, pass or fail does not mean that the exam is not important. Okay, so the material that you'll be studying for step one is important for your step two preparation, is important for your medical studies, for everything. Now, you might be tempted to focus less on the basic science part, these random enzyme names and crazy genetic diseases. This is understandable. Uh, but there are some things that are high yield and that are still worthy of you to focus. So even if the exam is passed or failed, you still need to prepare for it. It would ease your anxiety a bit. I know that. And it would be easier to pass than to focus on some sort of crazy score. But at the same time, you still need to prepare for that exam. And for um, students, and particularly IMGs, who uh, relied on that exam for like having a more competitive, I don't know, overall picture for the program. There are other things that you can, there's the step two already, there's the clinical experience, the research. So even if step one is pass or fail right now, it doesn't mean that you lost this ability to show yourself. Uh, because if you, if you were going to do great at step one, you'll also do great at step two most probably. So that shouldn't be an issue. Indeed. And if anyone has uh, questions, wants to do one-on-one -on -one advising, get subject-specific tutoring, I'll leave the link for all our services in the description below. Eddie, that was an, an amazing discussion. This is one of the best discussions I had with someone 
Uh, it was a real, real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Malke. It was a pleasure. And I hope that some of your viewers would find it beneficial and uh, really wish you the best in your career as well. I'm sure, I'm sure so many will find it helpful. And if you want to show Eddie that this uh, interview is helpful, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and leave any questions you have in the comments below. Thank you everyone so much for watching and see you in future videos.